Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, a Fijian team will compete in next year's Australian National Rugby Championship. The Cook Islands qualify for the Women's Rugby League World Cup. And we speak with former Samoa football CEO, Sarai Berriman. But first, Sir Gordon Titchens has been unveiled as the new Samoa Sevens coach in what's been labelled a coup for Samoan rugby. The long-time All Blacks Sevens mentor told Matt Chatterton he's hugely excited to be joining the boys in blue and believes he still has plenty to offer. Well, I suppose a, a lot of experience and that I have in the game of Sevens and I, I just felt that I've, um, after 22 years at the helm coaching New Zealand, I, I feel I've got a lot of energy and, and certainly to... To help some other, you know, country like Samoa to, to help them progress in the, in the game of sevens, and with all that experience and that I've, that I've gained over the years, and it would be great for a, a, you know a smaller nation to to perhaps um, thrive on a lot of that knowledge that's going on about to impart. Is that, um, I guess, your motivating factor? Because I remember um, listening to your press conference uh, last month or the month before, you said you felt as though you couldn't coach against New Zealand. Um, what, I guess, changed your mind? Was it just going well, over there and well, seeing it? Well, it wasn't, wasn't so much that. I think um, in reflection and then sitting back, um, I just feel I've got so much to offer in the, in the game of sevens. And, um, and, and of course, um, I, I still feel I have that, that to offer. And, and of course, um, I've coached many Samoans over the years, you know, so a lot of youngsters that have come through my sides and uh, and that also, you know, with Polynesians and, and Fijians and, and you know, they've been a big part of Stevens rugby. And uh, again, you know, it just sort of as a great, great opportunity to go out and and, and, and help a country that, that certainly over the last couple of years have sort of possibly haven't had the, the, best, the best years in Stevens rugby and yet um, six or seven years ago they won a World Series. So... They certainly have uh, potential talent in the, on the island. Uh, also, there's a lot of summons in New Zealand, so it's some, some great challenges ahead to, to really promote those players. Just out of curiosity, um, obviously you would have seen your name in headlines in Kenya. How, how realistic was that opportunity? Was it a possibility going there? To be honest, I had three or four opportunities uh, so to coach different teams that needed that expertise. And, and, and on reflection, like I, like I said, I... Why close up now and just go into complete retirement? He's an opportunity to help some other countries. And certainly Kenya, yes, they were interested. Canada was very interested. And, and of course, uh, in Samoa. And I've, I've selected Samoa for, for a number of reasons. And I've spent the last couple of days here, thoroughly enjoy myself. Uh, the support's been tremendous. And, uh, and, and obviously, I'm excited to, to take over in 2017. Looking at uh, your first, I guess, tournament, is it, is it correct that it will actually be in, in Wellington? And well, it will be Wellington, they're correct, in 2017 in Wellington and followed by Sydney. Yeah, so big challenge going into, into Wellington as my first tournament catching summer. 
Yeah, how do you think that'll go down? Will you be excited about getting to get back onto Wellington Sevens uh, fever, or will it be? Will you be a little bit nervous coming up against New Zealand in their own backyard or in your own backyard, should I say? Actually, there might be more Samoans of the Wellington Sevens, and there might be New Zealanders the way the Wellington Sevens has been going. So, so who knows? But I can assure you they'll have a wealth of support, and uh, and and what's been really pleasing has been. Uh, I suppose the response from a lot of New Zealanders that think it's great that um, that I'm offering my services to to someone like Samoa, and uh, remembering um, they're a big part of us in New Zealand, and, uh, and I think that and that's been really pleasing as a as a positive response that I've had from the people in New Zealand. I guess finally, uh, you have obviously been over in Samoa uh, meeting all the. Uh the people uh, involved in Samoan rugby over over there. Uh, what has uh, the chairman uh, slash prime minister of Samoa? What does he, I guess, want from you in your uh, in your tenure? Obviously, a lot different um, having a prime minister that's also chairman of the union. But um, uh, he sees fully two hundred percent behind uh, what I want for the team, and and also what and and behind the team as well. And I think that's tremendous, you know. And um, if the whole country can get in behind the, the Samoan team and Let's get Sevens back to where it once was before. I think that's fantastic. And uh, but the support that he's shown me certainly in these last couple of days has been tremendous. So uh, looking forward to obviously spending a lot more time with the people here in Samoa. What possibly can we expect to see? I guess from this new look Samoan team under under your uh, control. I guess it's not a quick fix, mind you. I think that, I think I need to be quite clear there. You know, it's um, they finished ninth in the last twelve series and. Uh, it's going to be a real challenging one, even more so this year, because all the teams are good. There's no easy game. But it won't be a quick fix. It'll be a, a gradual time. But they'll come right, I'm assure you of that. And uh, as I said, it might take a little bit of time, but they've certainly got the talent and the potential to really excel in this game. So Gordon Titchen's first World Series event in charge of Samoa will be at the Wellington Tournament in February. The Fiji Rugby Union says the country's inclusion in the Australian National Rugby Championship is a great opportunity to grow the domestic game. The Fiji-based team is being underwritten by World Rugby with contributions from Fiji Rugby and the Fiji Government. FRU Chief Executive Officer John O'Connor says it's a huge boost to their preparations towards the Rugby World Cup. The purpose of participating is to participate for a long uh, it's a period of four years and then we'll see how we can move on from there based on the growth of the competition and so forth. And so the players for this team will effectively be from the Fiji Warriors, your national A team that are the current uh, Pacific Rugby Cup champions uh, and of course uh, just this morning have uh, come ever so close in the America's Pacific Challenge, uh, losing that final match by one point. Yeah, it's going to be a mixture of uh, the Warriors. Uh, we want to start introducing new players uh, from the under-20 into the team. Also, we're looking at opportunities for our players in France who want to return back home and uh, have a few seasons before they go players playing overseas, not only in France, come back home and contribute to the team uh, as a means of uh, mentoring their younger players. So do you anticipate that the players that represent this team in the Australian national competition, will they be full-time in that? Is, is this a full-time job for these players? You know, the competition starts from August uh, until November. So uh, most of the players, uh, they'll be local-based players, they'll be engaged in their provincial unions in the local competition. Uh, and then uh, hopefully we will engage them for the period from August to November participating in the NRC. Is there a preference from the Fiji Rugby Union's perspective to have 
um, players playing in this team as opposed to playing for another Australian franchise or playing perhaps in the New Zealand uh, Mitre 10 Cup? Yeah, the intention from the beginning was that we will uh, only players playing in our local competition will be considered uh, to participate in the team. Uh, and that's uh, still the focus at the moment, uh, giving opportunities for our local-based players to have an avenue uh, to a senior uh, profession. All the home games will be in Fiji? It's a main uh, team tournament. Uh, we play four home games and uh, play four games abroad. OK. Um, has a coach been decided yet? Uh, not at the moment, uh, but we have a few possible uh, coaches for consideration. Yeah, we also see this as a pathway for our coaches, local-based coaches, local-based strength and good business, local-based physios. That's Fiji Rugby Union CEO John O'Connor. The Cook Islands have qualified for the Women's Rugby League World Cup after Fiji, Samoa and Tonga all withdrew from a Pacific qualifying tournament in Sydney at the weekend. Cook Islands Rugby League President Charles Carlson says he heard rumours on Friday that the other teams had pulled out but did not inform the players as he wanted to hear it from official sources. The girls were quite disappointed in the way because we were all very well prepared for, for this game when we, we found out that the other three teams have defaulted the game. So we still got dead. So got dressed and turned up to the field and um, just announced to the girls that we weren't playing. But uh, we have the two officials from the Rugby League International Federation to confirm that Cook Islands has been appointed as the sixth placing on the World Cup. They got dressed, they turned up to the ground on the day expecting to play matches and were then told that there weren't going to be any. I was uh, told in the evening before that, but I didn't want didn't announce it to, to the team because I want to hear it from the horse's mouth type of thing, you know. But it was just rumours, and then I met with one of the uh, the board members on the day, which he told me, I said, well, I want that formally announced, so we know that the Cook Islands, because we brought six players flew in from New Zealand, and a uh, player flew from, from Melbourne, and of course I came from the Cook Islands, so we you know, we spent quite a bit of money, and said, I don't want us to be penalised for these other teams not turning up to the comp, and we agreed, we all agreed that the comp should go ahead. So Fiji, Tonga and Samoa all withdrew from the competition. I mean, did it all happen at the same time or did they all make those decisions independently? They made the decision on the day before that they, they weren't able to fuel the team. And we were already here. All, all the whole team was arriving. That was our first training. Did any of those three countries, had they travelled to Sydney as well and, and tried to get a team together or had they made a decision before they left? They were just trying to make a team from Aussie-based uh, players. And so none of those three teams turned up on the day? No, none of them turned up. Well, they, they, uh, I had the official letter that uh, kind of semi-official notice that they weren't able to fill a team. This is the night before, and uh, they have cancelled and defaulted their game from the, the organisers of the tournament. Okay. I never heard from any of the teams. Cook Islands have qualified for the World Cup by you know result of what's happened. Um, so now you've got a tournament to prepare for, six teams, uh, New Zealand, yes. Australia, England, Papua New Guinea, uh, in Canada, uh, also involved. Um, you know, how do you prepare for that? Are you? There's only five other teams. Is there a prospect of getting some matches in before that tournament? Oh, definitely. I mean, we only had uh, training on a Friday, and then uh, we trained on on a Saturday when it was formally announced that there wasn't any game. So we and uh, this is the first time we we got together for the next year. We'll definitely be looking at. I think basically just encouraging our girls to get involved in the teams and make sure they're playing next year, playing in the team and top side. And then we'll look at uh, selecting a team and, uh, and, and organise some games prior to the World Cup.
was it hard for the Cook Islands to put the team together? It was difficult for everybody. I mean, we, we had a game uh, two weeks ago against Fiji. Fiji actually had a, had a team team there, and, and we also had a team, but, you know, wasn't sort of the best team. And uh, the, the other teams were, were struggling to get a team, but hey, we, we managed to pull a team together. So. so it's unclear what happened to those Fijian players, or some of them? Yeah, it's a bit, bit unclear what happened to them. And, and Tonga was uh, in the process of putting a team, and so was Samu, so I don't really what happened. Um, I mean, <clears throat> it was supposed to be played on the 8th, and then we were given uh, another week. We asked, uh, we were all struggling to get a team. Yeah, the Cooks managed to, to pull a team together. Does more money or more time need to be uh, invested into the women's game? Definitely. I mean, this was a very, very short, very short notice. And um, and uh, I can understand where the other teams are coming from with, with no finance to, to assist with the games. Then we basically had to look for sponsors and um, do a bit of quick fundraising to, to get our girls together and... You know, we we just crashed in one of the uh, the guys' uh, house there and can't afford a motel, but just start from from the bottom and work our way up. When were you first informed that this tournament was happening? Well, several months ago. There was some um, disagreement along the way that uh, short time and uh, and no finance for the World Cup. But you know, we all agreed to to set the date and and just go for it. So we were the only one that came to the party. That's the Cook Islands Rugby League President Charles Carlson. The former Samoa football chief executive Sarai Berriman believes she can make major changes to the women's game. A former Samoan women's international, Berriman was appointed this month as FIFA's first ever chief women's football officer. She will lead the newly created women's football division and told Barry Guy there's a lot she wants to achieve. Having come through uh, women's football from a member country, being Samoa, into a confederation, Oceania. Um, I've had a large involvement in women's football there. And uh, what I've enjoyed about Oceania is the fact that the impact I can have is much wider um, in the countries within the Pacific. So I guess what appeals the most for me about the position in FIFA is that it then becomes an ability to make a global impact uh, in such an important area. So it's very exciting. Is it because of some personal experiences within the region that, you know, you'd, you'd like to make a difference? Absolutely, yes. And I think what I've experienced in uh, the Pacific region, it's not unique. Uh, something that I've come to learn since my involvement in football is that the challenges that we face as women within football are the same all the world over. Um, even the most developed countries in the world uh, the challenges are, are similar. So whilst my experience has been um, in the Pacific region primarily, what I know now is that these problems and these challenges that we face are worldwide. I'm sure there are many things that you want to overcome, but what would you like to achieve? For me, uh, women's football within FIFA represents the biggest growth opportunity. Uh, At the moment, it really is an untapped uh, resource Um, in terms of commercialisation of women's football, I think even in terms of participation of players. Part of the role which is quite dear to my heart is the use of football as a tool to assist with women's empowerment and gender equality. There are many countries in the world where women are uh, not in good positions uh, because of their gender. And I've seen through my work that football as a sport really does have a unique power to 
overcome some of these barriers. So your new position, do you have the power to achieve what you want? You can make change? Uh, yes, absolutely. The role is quite a powerful role uh, within the world of football. Um, there isn't a decision that I that I will make or, or any strategy that I will design without obviously having the input of my team. Um, there's some very, very good people working within women's football at the moment all around the world, uh, not just within FIFA. And my aim really is to take as much from these people and... Uh, get their support and also have their input. The thing that uh, really excites me is that it really is a position that can influence change um, and can lead change. And uh, for me, this is one of the greatest aspects of the role. Uh, You used to play for Samoa. Uh, You've obviously always been passionate about football. Yes. um, (laughs) I've played since uh, I was a young girl. I grew up in West Auckland and I played my football there and also through high school, so... uh, (laughs) The pathway, I would never have guessed back in those days that I would be uh, sitting here today in this position. But, yeah, football is something I'm very passionate about. And uh, I think since I started working within the football world, um, the passion that I have for the sport has only grown. And that's through seeing what it can do, not only on the field, but off the field. Now, I understand as you were coming through as an administrator, you may have faced some prejudices or even sexism in some way obviously you could you overcame that uh yeah i mean it hasn't been a smooth ride all the way being a female in a, in a male dominated sport is not an easy thing it's a positive change that is happening um as part of the reform process which i was involved in one of the key things that has been identified through this reform was that there needs to be a greater role of women within football Within the administration, we need more representation of women um, at all levels, to the top level, but even in the member countries, in the committees and the decision-making bodies. And I think this is where these issues that I have faced coming through football will start to see changes. When there are women who are in the decision-making bodies and who are there to represent the female gender, the pathway will become a lot easier. And for me, that really is one of my biggest objectives, is to create an easier pathway for women in football, not only the players and the coaches and the people that are involved in the technical aspect of the game, but also the administrators. It's very clear in the corporate world when there are more women or there's gender diversity in the decision-making bodies, it creates a lot of success. There are stats and studies and different um, articles that I've read from all over the world showing that when there is more diversity in the decision-making body, um, it adds to the profit, it adds to the productivity. It's a very positive thing. And this is something I think FIFA is doing very well in. I've seen it already and the changes that have been happening as a result of the reform. And uh, for me, that's one of the areas that I'd really like to drive uh, in my new role. Oceania uh, now has three members on the FIFA Council, Sandra Fru- uh, Fruin and Lee Harmon joining David Chung. So combined with your background, what, what is Oceania bringing to the to the FIFA table and is it making a difference? Yes, absolutely. I think it's a very exciting time uh, to have our Pacific region represented by more people now. I'm especially excited to be working with Sandra Fruin from American Samoa. Um, I've had the privilege of spending some time with her. She's been involved in uh, the organisation of several of the FIFA Women's World Cup youth tournaments. 
And she's a good operator. She's very passionate about women's football and women in football. For me, I think what Oceania brings to the table in FIFA is that diversity. It's a global sport, and where we come from in our region is very unique. And this is something I've come to learn throughout my career within football is there are certain things within the Pacific that we have that no one in the world has. Um, our culture, for example, is one of those things. And uh, this is what we bring to the table. It's a different view. It's a diverse view. And it's a valid view. I think that's also very important to say. And now we have more people, of course, in the council. I think our voice will be, be heard even greater. That's FIFA's newly appointed Chief Women's Football Officer, Sarai Berriman. And that's the World in Sport for this week from RNZ International. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thanks very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.